Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, it's... The Law? No, that's not the right franchise. It's Frank. How are you today? (laughs) Uh, hello. Hello, how are you? I am doing well. Crime in progress. Um, <laughs> I'm doing, I am doing well. How are you? Good, you are a crime in progress. I am a That's, crime in progress. That is such like a, something you'd like see on a shirt that someone would wear ironically. Yeah, like, totally. I'm a crime in progress. Oh man, that's fantastic. Uh, I'm doing well, Frank. Thank you for asking. Uh, did I already ask you how you are? Okay. You did, but I haven't yet asked you what you are drinking, and <gasps> is that a crime in progress? It is not a crime in progress, but I'd be happy to tell you what I am drinking. I'm drinking a glass of wine tonight, Frank, and the only reason for that being is that it was in the fridge, and it must be drunk. Otherwise, it will go bad because the bottle mm. is already open. Well, so tonight is a wine night, um, which I feel not like does... quite a crime in progress, but, it, you know, crime, you better wine, watch yourself, we, Mr. Yeah, they almost rhyme, you know, because it's the mm. I sound in the middle, which mm-hmm. is a particular type of rhyme. So technically it is a rhyme. Anyway, uh, I'm drinking a Kim Crawford, which is, oh, yes. yeah, a Savignon Blanc from the astounding year of 2022. Ah, um, uh, yes. Yes. I remember it well. I don't, hilariously. That's um, funny. Anything interesting happened in 2022? I had a kid. That wait, you didn't have her in 2021? I don't know what year. What year is it? I'm just kidding. I know because she's 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 one Frank. Because she's so one. that's how I yeah. know that. Yeah. Yes. Um. That, that's a good way to know it. It is helpful, Frank. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am just about to open a beer, uh, a Castle Island White Ale. They're Belgian style wheat nice. beer from the Castle Island uh, Brewery out of Boston. And actually, um, hey, this... Hey, the beer out of Boston. Mm. <laughs> Referencing knowledge. Nice. Yeah. Um, I actually imported this beer myself. I kind of smuggled this beer, Tim. Um, you, may, uh, you may know that I was in Boston last week for a conference. I did know that. Yes, and uh, uh, one of the nights... That I was there. I stayed in a hotel uh, in Boston. Near the hotel, <laughs> I know near you the, meant nights conference. like the night, but I immediately had like a dude in armor flash in my head, and you were one like of the, one of the yeah, knights I was working with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the Jedi knights that yeah. was there. Oh man, um, or one of, of the medieval. It was yeah. it was Galahad. Let's just you know. Oh yeah, uh, Sir Galahad uh, did uh, no. So one of, one of the nights that I was there, I, I got room service, and and they had a, uh, you could get beer by the can uh, set up to your room. So I got I got. I was like, I'll, I'll 
I'll probably have two beers tonight. So I had two sent up, but I only wanted one. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow, so I can't leave this in my room. I guess I'm just going like, to stick it in my suitcase and just see if I can bring it home. Mm-hmm. Oh, I and... technically smuggled this beer out of Massachusetts into New Hampshire. <gasps> but you did it. You enjoy it. I did. I did. And now I'm enjoying it. So, so there you go. Castle Island's white ale. Well, good. That's the story that goes with this beer. You. Good for you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm so glad for you. Um, no, what else I enjoyed? No, Frank, what did you enjoy? RoboCop. RoboCop. I also enjoyed RoboCop, Frank, because we're here for a long-awaited next episode of Superhero Slapback. Cue the music Slap that I back, can't remember baby. we had. Oh, yeah, that's right. We keep forgetting <laughs> to do it. <laughs> slap, slap back, baby. Slap, slap back. Slap back. He doesn't take anything seriously. No, he's not a joker. Um, no. So uh, Peter Verhoeven's, uh, Peter Van Hoven's uh, RoboCop, 1987. I used to watch this on TV when I was a kid. I can't believe that I used to watch this on TV when I was a kid. That was my main takeaway yeah. for watching the first, RoboCop for the first time in uh, 25 years, probably. Jeez. Yeah. Do you, I mean, I would imagine it was edited for TV, right? Or was it like oh, on yeah, HBO? I'm sure it was, you know. Okay. Yeah, it was not in 185, Frank. It was definitely in a square. Well, there's that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. But like, yes. <laughs> it may have been modified from its original format. Yes. <laughs> it sure was. But show uh, probably all the like the swears and the blood and the, the blood is more stuff. what I'm yeah. yeah the swears for sure yeah yeah um, uh, yeah but it was still I remember watching it so for those of you who don't know hold on let me go back because this movie is 1987 so uh, RoboCop is the story of a uh, a man named Alex Murphy played by Peter Weller the great Peter Weller um, who for superhero anything's was the voice of Batman in The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, and he was unnamed admiral. Can't remember in Star Trek Into Darkness. That's right. Yes, I can't remember who that was, was supposed to be, but um, the Section Thirty One guy. Yeah. Um, spoilers for Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, Peter Will was great, um, great actor, and uh, it's about this cop. He like recently goes to Detroit. It's the it's this dystopian future. Uh, and, you know, mega corporations rule everywhere and blah, blah, blah. This is what we feared in the 80s. And 30 years later, guess what we're living in? Basically that. Like, <laughs> pretty, pretty similar. Pretty similar. I mean, the crime, maybe not so much. Or like that even the technology, I would say, is not even close um, in terms of that. Like it's so much further and so much further behind. That's why I love sci-fi from years past because like the advances that like – we think are going to occur never get even close to that but the stuff that's still analog is way past that it, it's so interesting um but anyway this this new transfer cop pretty idealist whatever ends up getting gunned down by the dad from that 70s show um yes. <laughs> who is like uh, uh, kind of the biggest crime boss and whatever he and his crew gun him down and he is taken by this big company uh, and the Omni Consumer Company, Omni Consumer Com Products, uh, and uh, and he is made into RoboCop, which is like their new initiative for building a new, better Detroit, in which all the police are automated and like all the stuff, and like and it works well because. 
the police are ready to go on strike because they're not treated correctly. But then that one sergeant is like, we're police. We don't strike. We're public servants. I don't care how crap your, like, your living conditions are. Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah, basically. Um, So this movie is a satire, right? For sure. Clearly. It's satirizing action movies and sci-fi and the 80s and, like, all this different stuff. Reagan, poli- Reagan, Reagan politics. Reagan politics, yeah, gentrification. Yeah. Like, we're just going to take away the entire city of Detroit and build a new one. Like, right. you- the number of times they made fun of uh, 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 the Star Wars initiative. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Reagan's yeah. satellite Ra- initiative. Yep. Yeah, all that stuff is just on full display there. Even, like, that the guy's um, – what's his name? Uh, Dick Jones, like the guy that yes. like is like, I have this big automated machine that the police will use, and it's just basically uh, two legs with guns. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and like we're gonna like this will replace policing and the military and whatever else, and it breaks and kills a guy, and was like, I it's had- a glitch. Yeah, it's a glitch, but it was also like I have the parts to fix these for twenty five years. That's how we were gonna keep the business going. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, well, and that all just what's happening was fascinating um very much so yeah yeah what did you think of robocop frank so this was my first time seeing robocop oh interesting this is my first my first time it was one of those things that i had never gotten around to so um i really i was really enjoying the uh the commentary mm-hmm. uh side of it i was really appreciating that with like wow it's not, it wasn't subtle but it was like well executed a, sure. a, a lot of it i don't think it, there's nothing about robocop that is subtle nothing Truly no nothing. but it, it was really it felt very comic booky and i was surprised to realize that that this was the origin this is the origin of the franchise it didn't i thought it started as a as a comic kind of like judge dread mm-hmm. um but but i, I think maybe that was just from before I had seen Judge Dredd, maybe I was getting confused. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, so this it feels like a com- it feels like an eighties comic book movie, but it is just an eighties movie. <laughs> no yeah. comic books in sight. Um, I I loved like the the commercial parodies were so interesting, and the way they were interweaved, and the the, the news mm-hmm. uh, segments, the way those were interweaved. I uh, forgot about the commercials because I watched this a couple weeks ago. It's been. Why so some it's a little fuzzy in my brain, but there was one commercial that was such a good parody, and now I can't remember what it is. It was kind of later. It was like the last commercial they did. Well, I I, I remember there were two that stood out to me. One was uh, a commercial for an artificial heart transplant, Mm -hmm. and it was it was very much like commercials for like big pharma are today. It was very 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 much. Uh, like predicting what 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 today's commercials will look like, and then there was another one that was for a, uh, like a board game called Nukem. That's it. That's and the, it was one the whole that, family yeah. playing, and and the house explodes. Like that was so. That was very like pointed commentary. It was. It also reminded you of almost. I, for me, it reminded me of almost every board game cartoon um, commercial in the nineties. Like oh, yeah. like advertising agencies saw it and was like, oh well, let's do that. That's it. Unironically, let's do this. Yes. Yeah. Let's Wyatt. do that, but for perfection. <laughs> um, yeah. Kablu, and your um, house blew up. Wild. Um, so close. But, you know, you mentioned ED-209, the robot dog mm-hmm. thing. The second that thing walked out, and it was like uh, stop motion animation, right? Yeah. The second it walked out, I was like, did Phil Tippett work on this? <gasps> he so did. He did, didn't he? He 
did. That yes. Was him. Yes. That's awesome. I was immediately like, that is giving me shades of the chess scene from Star Wars mm-hmm. or, you know, the Rancor. The Rancor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it was. It was Phil Tippett and his shop uh, animated that. Uh, it made me feel all good, motion. truthfully. Like, even though, like, like I look at I'm like, I know that stop motion, the way that it's shot, the way they're interacting with it, whatever, the way that, like, when they're in the sa- when the board members or, or RoboCop even are in the same shot as it, it, like, doesn't move, like, mm-hmm. you know, or nothing. But I didn't care because it, even though it's stop motion in the way that it moves, it still felt authentic to me in its sure. own little yeah. way. Like, I don't know, just like part of the, I wouldn't call RoboCop charming, but because it was made in 87, it yes. had that kind of charm. And like, I was born in 87. I do not remember the 80s. Of course. Know, yeah. Right. So like, it's not like I was like, ah, yes. The way life I remember. It reminds me of a simpler this, time. This dystopian future satire. The way yeah, I remember right, it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I did, um. I really liked uh, – there were a couple of moments that – jokes and, and winks and nods that I thought were very funny. Like uh, Murphy's kid loves to watch a show called TJ Laser, which is definitely a, a spoof of TJ Hooker. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I loved that. I also loved like when the uh, uh, when the ED-209 kills an executive in the in the boardroom. Uh, and the first reaction of like the CEO or whatever is to be like, this is going to cost us $50 million in interest payments alone. It's like, so like Joe exotic, like I'm never going to financially recover from this. Yeah. <laughs> like first reaction is like, Oh no, the money, not like, Oh not no, like, this man's this family. Man just, just the Ben is dead. Not even like, what do we do? Like, so yeah. it's like, they knew what to do. Like that would almost like happened before. Cause he like knew how yes. much it would cost them <laughs> like yes yeah in yes. interest payments like oh my gosh um right yeah what about robocop's look itself i think he looks great like it's a very cool look it's yeah. such a a cool like 80s action figure come to life absolutely yep. yeah um even like the mechanics of the way that Peter Weller decided to move the whirring of the gears as the as the effect his leg that opens as like a hip holster um to store the gun like cool as cool when i was a kid it's cool now um i think all of that is i think all of that still works like it the i've seen the new updated RoboCop like the the one that came out uh, with Michael Keaton, I don't know, 20, yeah. 20 something or other. Um, and they had him in a suit that looked like this, like the initial prototype in the movie. And then it got destroyed pretty quickly. And then they like moved him to this, like the black ensemble that he has on. And it just is sure. not as cool. Like there is something like, be- there's something that works about it because you can tell it's cumbersome. Like it's an imperfect product. It's like Frankenstein's monster that way. Because this basically is also Frankenstein as... Sure. Um, it's Frankenstein through capitalism instead of through yes. science. Like, that's kind of what they're going for. Oh, that's such a good... It's capitalist Frankenstein. Yes. Right. Like, we can do this. We're not going to stop to think if we should or could. You know, right. like, and it's there's that part of Frankenstein, but it, it's just for the buck. Instead, yes. of, instead of Frankenstein was like, I'm just going to do it to see if I can. 
Yes. There's some subtle yeah. subtext of in Frankenstein about it being about like his mom died when he was a kid, so it's about him like trying to conquer death because she died and like all that kind of thing. But um that's not really on that's not in Robocop. This is just no. we're here to make a money and this a guy is gonna give us the money. Like Yes. This is about military contracts. We're Correct. gonna get this military we're gonna get this contract and then we're gonna be selling them spare parts and stuff for, for the next twenty five years. Mm-hmm. And that's how we stay in business. Yeah, yeah, no, you're so right. It is capitalist Frankenstein. I that is a, such a good uh yeah, like summary of it, description of it. Yeah. Well, what I think is to go further down that that rabbit hole, um I think uh how do I say this? Um Fra- the Frankenstein's monster it like doesn't have a previous identity. He does not know who he is or what right. he's about, and he has to form a new one. And it's all based on the experiences that come his way and how he's mm-hmm. mistreated and misaligned and so on and so forth. So he he becomes a mirror of Frankenstein in like in the worst form. They're both awful, like one through physicality and one through mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so. But RoboCop retains his identity. Like that's part of it is the rediscovery of his self. And so I I like that. I like that it's in some ways the core message is that you can destroy a person so totally. And at the end of the day, a good person can still just be a good person. Hmm. Even that's all that's left of that person is their head. You yeah. Know? Like, I think that's, I, I, I liked that very much, you know, like it's not a, um, cause I mean like it, it, they don't like say like, they're not like all cops are great in this movie, right? There's like dirty sure. cops and, and all this stuff mm-hmm. and they're talking about replacing them. But there's this one guy who like has been through the worst ordeal that anybody can go through physically, mentally, mm-hmm. spiritually, whatever in terms of this movie and still comes out the other side going, this is the right thing to do, you know? Uh, and um, so in some ways, because he's programmed that, like he can't like, you know, hurt the people that made him, but he's savvy sure. enough to figure out a way to like deliver the movie's version of justice. Yes. You know, eighties justice, you know, like, in, and I, I did, I did like that in terms of the whole satire. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was clever. Um, say things. They, they did a really good job of like there were a couple of flashbacks where he was remembering his life before, right? Sort of when he's when he's dying on the uh, on the stretcher, like he's seeing his life flash before his eyes, and it's his wife and his kid and all, all these memories and uh, and things and and like showing that showing his life flash before his eyes was done very very effectively. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to give you a lot. To com- but they did communicate a lot with with a few flashes of images, and then the same with like once he's becoming RoboCop, like w- after he's died and they're bringing him back to life, you see him like power on and power off a bunch of times, you know, over the course of presumably like weeks or months, mm-hmm. um, and they tell that story of like how they made him into RoboCop through from his point of view, from his like being booted up and turned off mm-hmm. point of view, really visually compelling way to tell that story and like give you the tools you need to piece together what's happening right and it, it like trusts you to be smart enough to piece this together and and does it in a very sort of uh a creative way like you're te- you this is a a robot a robo person like how can we 
do it through that that perspective. Uh, you know, seeing him come online for the first time and all the graphics, you know, his vision getting clear, all all, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, leading up to him being unveiled and, and marched out in front of everybody. And the fact that, that because it's in his point of view, you don't see him uh, until his first, uh, you know, time out there fighting crime. Mm-hmm. So, like, there is a little bit of, like, the Jaws effect of, like, what 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 am I not seeing, right? And the suspense starts to build yep. of what he's turned into. There's a um well you said two things one like the clarity of his vision which I was mm. I was laughing because it's like the clarity of 1987 camera vision yes. so I'm like how is he going to see anything right <laughs> like, right right we like this is this is so flawed oh no wow, wow. 480 wow. lines of resolution amazing oh wow yeah he's lucky he oh. made it through his first day on the job um with that yeah, kind no of vision kidding. um but um you said like the movie trusts its audience to be smart enough to piece it together because it really could have towed this line of over explaining everything. But mm-hmm. because it's a rated R movie, it knows mm-hmm. that the audience is older. And so it should get it. Like you can't, that's why the, I think the other Robocop, the one that the new one that came out, the reboot just doesn't work as well because it's made for a younger audience. It's uh. like, it's like action movie, but like they miss the point of the entirety of the first one, which is just social commentary through action movie. And you just don't really get that kind of thing anymore. Not at that, not for an R rated audience, especially one that went on to spawn four sequels or three sequels, cartoons, toys, video games. Like it's pretty eventually comics, eventually comics. I think that's, that's pretty wild. Um, it is, yeah, it, it is. You you don't see a lot of that nowadays. I feel like you see more of that in in uh, streaming TV than you do on the big screen, mm-hmm. like th- where they have time to tell a, a you know a high high um, production value kind of uh, story, uh, but but spread out over more episodes, right? Yep. You get that there, but you don't get it in the, in, the, in the movies like we used to. I think, well, I think the choices on TV were T.J. Hooker, right? You know, yes. you had something like that. Uh, and then and then the movies. And so, so right. now with there's there's so many different options that the movies are just trying to play it safe to get people in the seats because it's so yeah. expensive to mount those types of productions uh, that, like, everything is just a check-by-box number to play the safest number. And those are generally the movies that just don't do as well because they just become a paint by numbers, which like eventually you need to move on to a a different or more sophisticated art form. I agree. And you've just touched on something. You've just made me realize that I think TV and film have traded places in, Mm -hmm. in how they operate in that TV used to try to keep the budget down. So they were cranking out these stories and they were maybe not the uh, super in depth, but you know, you got a lot of episodes that were sort of shallow in depth and, and now I've, and movies were like, this is where you can do real storytelling and really, you know, and really be do visually uh, adventurous things, interesting things. um, And you have more budget, but now it's sort of the opposite where like the movies try to do be broad to get people in see. It's like you're saying, mm-hmm. and TV is like, no, that's where you invest your, you know, eight hours into a story because you're going to watch, you know, the eight episodes on uh, this prestige drama or whatever. 
Yep. Um, that's become the more serious medium and, TV, and movies have kind of become a little bit more surface level. It's like, well, you only got, you know, three hours to tell a story because every movie is three hours now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know how much can we really fit in there? Right. And even some of the prestige directors like Scorsese's last couple of movies were all streaming. Like, yeah. He's like one of the guys. Yeah. And and he's like, even then, like, I'll tell I'll tell a movie. I'll do it in three hours, but I'm going to do it on the small screen. Because I don't think he's crazy about that, though. I think that's just the reality no. of the industry, right? And, because, and COVID because at the time. he's not painting by numbers, he's still yeah. doing well, that's his right. thing. Yeah, but that's he, right. But he sees the the paint by the paint by numbers that's happening over here, and so he right. knows his his even though he doesn't like it, his bigger audience is, is at home. Yeah, yeah. And, the audience that's receptive to the kind of story he wants to tell is at home, right? And, even, and, even though that's not that's not where he'd prefer to tell that story, but it's where the audience is, right? And at the end of the day, it's still about like which company I think because they're artists, so like which company is going to let them make their art the way they yeah. want to make it instead of being dictated to, and you know, and so I you can't really blame them for wanting to go in that direction either. They no, kind of like not at all. Dug their own situation there. Um, two things I wanted to ask you about. See if you noticed. Um, one. That scene in which Robocop throws his arms through the the uh, he throws his arms through the wall and pulls yes. the guy back and then shoots the guy because they're holding a hostage. That's just the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, totally. Yes. Somebody read that and was <laughs> this, like using it. Like this was very Dark Knight Returns all the way. Like like from the the commentary on through. Right. Yep. It was very much like they were. Frank Miller was in the same was in the same brain space. That, Absolutely, that they, were. they were. And all, I guess he wrote, all Reagan. I, yeah, all Reagan. Yes, he, and he he wrote co-wrote the sec, the sequel. I guess Frank, Frank Miller, Miller did. Yes, I did yeah. know that. I had forgotten that until you said that, but I did know that. So that means we're going to do the sequel, right? Because Frank Miller is that. Oh, like, I guess we have. Yeah, to. I guess so. um, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. So. You, we included this in superhero slapback. Yes. Um, and it's not a traditional superhero movie necessarily in the sense that it's not a comic book superhero movie, but it is still kind of a superhero movie, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, even if it's like an antihero still. Yeah, I think he works for the establishment, right? But the establishment in this is the establishment is corporations to which yes. he breaks free from to then work for the police you know so he's not like a vigilante which is typical of superheroes that's you know but does not necessarily the main criteria you know because you can have superheroes who work for government agencies like the avengers technically work for the government for a good chunk of time you would still consider them superheroes yep um so yeah i would say that it does fit the superhero criteria which is basically just like a guy that steps out and above or a person that steps out and above the realm of normalcy with some kind of super ability, you know, whether that be man-made or self-driven or sun powered or whatever, uh, for the common good or for the betterment of the society in which they find themselves. So like, I'd say, yeah, this counts. Um, Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I I would agree with that. It was, it's, you know, c- cyborg, but police, uh, you know, I would like say that because like, so it's interesting. So like if he was just like a dude, like if, if, he, if he was like the six million dollar man where they're like, right, he right. looks like a regular dude, like, yeah. but he's special inside, you know, I would say that it may be like it would actually tip in a different direction. But because he actually does look like he's wearing a costume, 
his identity is concealed except for his mouth and whatever else. And that's because mm-hmm. like he's not supposed to know who he is and nobody else is supposed to know who he is. But that's all part of the superhero thing. So I would say, yeah, superhero. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree. I would agree. I it's just it is so hilariously like bloody and schlocky to the point of like uh, clearly to the point of being ridiculous. Like like they mm-hmm. didn't think those were good special effects. It was it you know, the Phil Tippett uh, aspect of things like Phil Tippett was inspired by Ray Harryhausen, right? right? He was doing an elevated version of what Ray Harryhausen did. Um where I feel like what Paul Verhoeven did here was basically make a, a Harryhausen style. Wow, that's like, really insightful. Yeah, and he got the he got the guy who does Harryhausen style animation better than anybody, better than Harryhausen. Yep. to come in and do it. So instead of like, wow, uh, uh, that that stop motion dinosaur in that one scene in in Jurassic Park is is stop motion. Like that's amazing. I couldn't tell it. I, it looked like the CG in the rest of the movie. No, it's like extra stop motion extra schlocky and and the blood is obviously fake and like mm-hmm. you know when when the the the, the that 70 show guy is dying at the end there's literally like blood splurting from his neck like it's all over the top ridiculous like it doesn't look real and and i i had read that i guess they they were shooting for an r rating but they kept getting an x rating just because of how bloody over the top violent and bloody it was and so they made it worse effects essentially to make it clear that like no one would believe this was real blood that's like, fascinating but even it, teenage like a child wouldn't believe this was this was real what i think actually works about it then is that like i know this isn't real like yeah you know like and so like if you want me to believe that robocop is real you're not gonna get me there because yeah and so you might as well give me a world in which none of it is real that's it that's yeah. it. It's it's like do a you know, it it's it's like choosing to do a like in Batman have it be sort of a stylized Gotham, right? Mm-hmm. That's like a little too art deco and to, to be to be real. Cause why not? Right. Like why why not? Um you're gonna go for as realistic as you can, but like sure, there's gonna be you know yep. uh, I, I've said it before, but I think I think realism takes a lot of the fun out of these types of genre movies because they're not yeah. really allowed to be fantastical they have to be realistically fantastical which is not the same thing i mean to me it's sort of like when you're reading a comic of of these sometimes the same characters or at least similar similar characters they're drawings you're looking at so like you're conscious the entire time that this is not reality because they're Mm -hmm. drawings they're not you know ai generated photos that look like they could be real like no they're drawings um and and so to have the film be something that is also sort of an impression of reality, you know, a shadow of, of the real world, but taking some liberties, I think is perfectly fair mm-hmm. um, because it's based on something that comes from drawings and is not d- designed to look like it's real, real anyway. Right. Nope. I think that, but I think that like the juxtaposition between that, like version of escapism, but also commentary just is a little bit stronger because if it's just so real, then it's not commentary. Then it's just mm-hmm. knife. And then that's not as it doesn't that doesn't work when there's a giant robot man running around stopping crime. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Um, last thing, uh, the child in me has always wanted to see uh, a project where it's RoboCop versus the Terminator mm. versus Judge Dredd. Yeah, I just want and I could throw Alien and Blade Runner in there for while while we're at it, right? Because they're all in the same 
mix yes. and time and era and whatever. Like Blade Runner, they came up with the idea for this movie while they were working on Blade Runner. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. fascinating. The, the, yeah, isn't that isn't that cool? Yeah, the while making that movie, like ideas for this one started to percolate, and this is the the brainchild of that. That's, so you're absolutely right to bring in Blade Runner and and all of those. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think the obvious thing that came to my mind was was Judge Dredd, but I didn't think about the Terminator. That's great to have because this movie actually spiritually feels like the Terminator. It does in, in a lot of ways. It feels a lot. It's in the same tradition. It feels a lot like the first Terminator. The first one. But the first got, one. But it's got the the actionness without with the with more satiric but the actionness of the second one yeah um, agreed yeah yes. so th- there's a like but that would be just a if in a different type of like world where this is the first one that comes out in like the cinematic universe of of franchises like that's the kind of one i want to see like when universe was like are you ready for the dark universe like i'm ready for the dystopian robot universe like Give me the totally, the, yeah, uh, yeah, with the the helmeted face coverings and the special guns and the like. That's actually I would actually enjoy, and it all be satire, like mm-hmm. and, you know, and like ev- all of it should be commenting on something because Terminator satire too, you know, like, totally. Or the second one is so in its own way, maybe not overly deliberate satire. It's more just more like commentary than satire. This is clear sure. satire. This is satire. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Frank, I, I we actually had longevity on this topic that I didn't expect to be truthfully. So, um, you tell the people where they can find us, and I'm going to look up what our next movie is. Ooh, yes, okay, you do that. Yeah, the next superhero slapback movie. Um, well, yeah, you know, you can find us at BeerWithGeeks.com. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can. Uh, you can, of course, uh, subscribe. You can support us at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, if you subscribe, uh, leave us a rating or review anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, please do it right now. Now, you have 20 seconds to comply. You have 15 seconds to comply. No? All right. You have 15 seconds to comply. Um, anyway, did you did you finish your thing? I wasn't really listening to you. I finished my thing. Yes, great. Okay. Uh, what uh, so what is up next for superhero slapback? Okay, so we have options available to us, Frank. So mm-hmm. uh, so if we wanted to move on from 1987, we only have one movie left that we definitely have to do. But we could potentially have two. We could talk about maybe three. Are we doing TV movies? Because that actually changes things. If we are, mm, I'm gonna say no. Okay. He has so far, and I feel like sure, that might really, that might be a it, it slippery could be, slope. It could be a slippery slope because I and I'll tell you why. So we have uh, Superman four, which is the non negotiable right. one we have to do next. We have to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's also Masters of the Universe, um, uh, which technically does kind of fit into the criteria that we are establishing for ourselves. He Man is the alter ego of Prince Adam, so he and he's super powered to save his people. And so on and so forth. I've never seen Masters of the Universe movie. The only Ma- He-Man that I uh, t- is the Kevin Smith Revelations one on 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 uh, Netflix. Yeah, so that's the only one that I'm like attached to. So I'm fine skipping it. But he technically does fit the superhero criteria that we now have laid out in RoboCop. And th- that was a theatrical film. Yes, definitely. Mm. Yeah, what's his name that plays um, uh, Perry White in Superman Returns is Skeletor. Frank Langella. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. Like I said, I'm good to skip it. Um, 
And so, um, so to keep how that... about this? Mm-hmm. We know we're doing Superman four, so let's proceed with that for sure. Okay, but why? I I would love some listener feedback on this. Like whether we're do, we should do Masters. Does or not. does Masters of the Universe count as a superhero film? Because that has implications for if that counts. Like if Robocop and that both count, then like lots of other things are going to start to count that maybe are more edge cases. True. I mean, we did. There are things that say. Well, I'm using flights and tight flights tights and movie nights.com as my like go-to list because everything's separated by year here and there is okay. stuff that we missed like technical like we missed the toxic avenger um which mm. would then also count um the spirit tv movie that came out in 1987 and i ask about tv movies because 1998's the incredible hulk returns starring yeah. Dolph lundgren and daredevil um no that one no that one's thor it might be thor and then the other one is daredevil and so I'm fine skipping the TV ones because they mm-hmm. like you know there's TV. The only one that I might put up a stink for that I think we should watch is David Hasselhoff's Nick Fury. Just oh maybe, sure, maybe for the sheer enjoyment of watching David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. But I'm also my, fine yeah, not watching that too. My my gut is to lean away from those, but maybe make some exceptions for okay. for a couple that we want to do. But in, like the it's, the rule isn't okay. Now we must do all of them. Like it's it's nah, generally no, but like. With a couple, a couple of, of exceptions. Okay, so then our um, let's say our non-negotiable next one is Superman four. Let's see what sure. listeners say about Masters of the Universe. After that, we're dealing in the Return of Swamp Thing, the mm-hmm. Punisher, um, mm-hmm. if we so choose. That might have, that was direct to video, so we we can ignore that one. I do believe it was direct to video, but then we would also have to say, talk about the Captain America direct to video one as well, which I think we and should. See, I watch. kind of, I kind of want to watch that one. Yeah, I've never seen the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Um, okay, same. Yeah, so like, I'm interested in that too. Yeah, I'm, I could go for it, and and Batman because it's 1989. Well, obviously. So and that will wrap up the 80s. Yeah. So and then, oh man, and then the ni- 1990 Frank Captain America movie. Yeah. Um, if we want to go satire and superhero. We could go Dark Man, which is Sam oh. Raimi and Liam Neeson. Yeah, I've never seen that. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Uh, and then there's technically this RoboCop 2 in there. Dick yes. Tracy, if we're counting Dick Tracy. He's not a superhero. See, that's where I'm like, I don't think. He's a, he's a comic. Hero. He's comic, but he's not a. Yeah. See, which is also be a superhero. Like, yeah. I don't I'll, think Dick Tracy counts. He's a detective. But, then we'll take Dick Tracy right out of there. Yeah, um, I think he's close, but no. Okay, that's fine. And then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to wrap up. Well, the 90s. yeah, I'm yeah. about to guess. Yeah, so that's kind of that's uh that's where we are in 1990, and I won't go past that because I'm just gonna keep naming movies. Yeah, forever yeah, yeah. Do that. Okay. So I'm pretty Superman much. I'm good with most of those. Lenny Luther coming our coming hey, our way. Oh God, if I ever have to talk about this, I've talked about this movie so many times on podcasts. I'm so I'm ready to. Maybe this will be my definitive statement on Superman Four. Maybe okay. that's a weekend. All right. Well, uh, email us beerwithgeeks at gmail dot com. Uh, and put uh, Masters of the Universe, Masters of the Universe, in the subject line to let us know if you think it counts as a superhero movie or not. We mm-hmm. want to hear from you. Um, cool. That's all I got. Yep, me too. So until next time, cheers. Cheers.